0: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary for you. prohibited by law. Eighteen plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Go Pack Go. This is your co-host, Amon Green, along with my other co host Dorsey Levis, and go around good friends and teammates. You are listening to the Green and Go G Lounge on the NFLA Podcast.com Welcome into the Green and Go G Lounge. I'm your host, Amon Green, this week. Along with my good friend and teammate, Dorsey, the horse Levis, man. How you doing, Doris? Batman, how you doing, sir? Man, good, man. Just got uh got off that boat with Chili. That's where he probably have a little lag. I saw it in his face, you know. <laughs> how, was the, how was the cruise? The cruise was good, man. They uh they actually okay, you know, since they had like a four year hiatus because of COVID. That was, the last one was 2019, and they set the schedule like the first three days. So it was only a five day cruise. So the first three days they would tagging us up event event like boom 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 boo, boo. um and i think so for the work oh yeah oh yeah it wasn't signing it was just like more meet and greet and q a but i think they did that because we only had five days because five days is actually not a long cruise you know yeah so That's i've been on a seven day cruise and i know of people that have been on like 10 day and two week cruises i don't know about those and i haven't got yeah. dealt down that i've done,
0: right? done seven day cruises and by day six i'm ready to go home
1: yeah like i say seven is like
0: perfect, a perfect yeah. amount
1: of time because it's like Vegas like Vegas is three days for me I'm out I got to go I can't <laughs> I can't do Vegas beyond three days.
0: <laughs> that's too much right we get yeah. too old for that shit <laughs> I mean, I'm
1: coming in at five and three a.m like nah man I, my body is just telling me don't do it you know stop it so it's kind of like that on the boat too but but the fans were cool like the fans were awesome um the the event planners that did everything they like it went clockwork so you would have been you know other than being you just realized like oh yeah they have to get all this in before this day and then the last day which was uh today's friday so thursday wednesday was the last day and it was more of that that day was like our day we could just ch- everybody could chill we could do what we want to do if you wanted to get off the boat uh no if you no, it, it was no a stop then so if you wanted to just do whatever you want to do on the boat that was the day to do it um but it was fun doug doug was there doug evans was there um aaron jones was there um trying to think anybody else obviously you know me and g was on santana and Leroy, I think that's everybody. Was that was on the
0: ride? So uh, yeah, you you know who wasn't there me? Yeah, you yeah, <laughs> and, I, and and I'm feeling some kind of way about this. Mm. I was on the one in 2019, and then y'all told me a couple of weeks ago y'all was going. I was like, oh, it's like that now, huh? Oh, hey, so I, I just don't get an invite no more. No, I, said, I, I, I turned
1: there. in the same. I, I'm trying to think if any. I know I turned in the same names. I like it because people ask. I think they ask. They always ask because I know with the other trip, like the Europe trip for the Packers in London, that went down. I always like y'all verbatim, so I don't know how they missed that, you know. But I'll let them know.
0: Yeah, no, I was I was questioning our friendship because last week about Monday or so it was raining. I was like, you know what? I, w- I wouldn't mind being on a cruise right now, but my boys left me hanging. I'm like, you know what? I, I got. I need to reevaluate this friendship. That's no,
1: man. And if anything, I know I had. A, if if it's on me, it's a brain fart. Because I'll be like, I know I said names. I know I dropped these people down, and I know they had changed companies too. Like what they did, it's the same group nucleus, but then they're like the day to day planning stuff. They had another company come in to do that, and so right. that that's probably where it was. Uh, it got name. Some name slipped through the hole there. Um, cause Kevin, Ke- oh, Kevin Barry was there too. He got okay. brought in finally. So,
0: so Gilbert got a uh, cruise lag. Is there such thing as cruise lag?
1: I think so. Cause he, cause I remember the first time we docked in Cozumel, he's like, man, I could feel the ground moving. Because you know, you get that feeling if you, from the if you've been on a cruise, you kind of feel like you're still moving when you're not on the boat. Yeah. So he, he was complaining about that, and well, a lot of people were. So he was the only one, but uh, but how many?
0: How many Vikings fans did Gilbert cuss out during the trip?
1: Actually, well, none that I saw. There were Vikings fans on the boat. Um, and I warned him. I said, watch out for Gilbert. Don't tell it. Don't don't wear nothing <laughs> don't, purple. Don't bring nothing, <laughs> don't wear nothing purple, and don't say, Hey, I'm a Vikings fan and how you doing. No, don't do that to Gilbert. I warned them, so maybe it didn't go down because I didn't see nothing where that he got into some people. He messed with some of the Packer fans when we had like an auction. A live auction night which was the the second to last night it was fun he was having fun with him and uh, roy lee were doing their thing you know how they get together defensive guys it was him uh and like i said they are and and leroy they were having a good time with that so yeah
0: and plus and once you get uh gilbert and santana they like twins from another mother
1: yeah yeah that that right there i told aaron jones i was like hey this is gonna be like this the whole week because every time we sat down with the fans gilbert was giving somebody the business he, he wasn't cussing them out, but he was giving you know this a little hard time to how he does it Gilbert style. So
0: yeah. So um, speaking of uh, Aaron Jones, I saw he just took a pay cut. Pay cut with yeah. the Packers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Talk a did. little more about that. Yeah, for sure. Like we, like I, I, I didn't hit on it a whole lot. I just uh, I said, hey, you had to do what you had to do as business, you know. So we didn't go into details, but I know the details are it was somewhere between five and ten million that he took a pay cut to help out the pack's cap. And and so but great guy. His mom was there. He had his son there and his brother. His, I think his brother played played or plays with the Ravens right now. He's on their backup squad, I think, or practice squad. Um, so he was no, he was cool. We talked and he 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 had actually came up to me and, and we had a talk where he wants me to help him out with, you know, breaking down film. He said he hasn't really learned. He's learning a little bit at a time, but he's like, I need some help. I, I want to learn a little bit better how you break down film. I'm like, yeah. I'll definitely do that. I have no yeah, problem with because sure. you get—I mean—to be, you know, because he is at—he's coming up only six years now, almost seven, and right now he's at that point where you know, as running backs, they start doubting us, you know, in terms yeah. of our age, like we're we're aging out right now, and so so it's still there. I mean, I remember time and I know you remember your time when they i am like, motherfucker, I'm still getting. Uh, a G, what are you talking about?
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, nah, man. We, uh, As as a running back, we've always been told that once you reach 30, you're like a dinosaur in the NFL. Right. You know, and it's crazy how just recently, more recently, the value of running backs have decreased. Yeah. So there's not a whole lot of single back situations where one guy carries the whole load. Mm-hmm. Outside of Derrick Henry, I'm drawing a blank on anybody else who draws like 90% of the load. Yeah. He's like the only one.
1: Yeah, I think right now he's literally the only one. I mean, there's a few guys, but they you know, like with Aaron Jones and you know AJ Dillon, um, over in Baltimore they got Lamar and then every and whoever's the running back, uh, DK, but uh, Dobbins, um, he he does his uh his his role there. Um, trying to think, Buffalo they got you know, yeah, so it's hard to it's hard to find just one back.
0: The NFL definitely transitioned into a running back by committee league. Yeah, you know yeah. it's definitely not just one person, but it's um. The contracts man it's 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 going to be tricky man cuz it's it's so many I mean some teams use three guys. You look at the Chiefs, you know they got Jerick McKinnon, yep. they got Pacheco, they got uh Edwards, Hilaire. Yep. And, you know it's all running uh, backs. Yeah, it's changed. It's definitely changed.
1: Yeah, and and it's like they're, you know, teams are understanding like how they can uh how can I put it this like rationing out the carries among running backs. Having three in there, you know, where they Look at it as okay if we get you know in a season 300 touches by the run game, not just one person. That means three running backs can have over 100 carries. So that's how they're doing their math now. Which is, is, is you never, I never thought I would hear that type of philosophy in the run game because of what you like, what we were talking about, one having one back, getting the main carries, you know, having almost because I, I know in my biggest year, I think I had over 300 almost 325 touches you know and yeah. that's just the oh, that's wish. just the hand the handoff you know not the passes so i know you know for yourself too it's like it's like that's interesting to hear that uh, breakdown in terms of the run game
0: yeah what uh what other moves have the packers made uh um I heard yeah so roster moves
1: yeah i heard like it was like a handful of guys and of the three that i recognized right away was uh adrian amos mercedes lewis and John Tunyon Jr. So two tight ends and another defensive starter. So three guys. It was more. I just didn't get it. I was trying to remember everyone's name, but I know from the list that I did find here. Let me see here. I did find something sitting on.
0: It's it, it's interesting if you because you you named the two, uh, well, uh, Robert Tunyon and then Mercedes Lewis, the top two tight ends. Yeah. They let go. So they they're gonna have to do something to either free agency or in the draft uh, to get somebody in. I, 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 that makes me think about uh, the Darren Waller trade that fell through during the season. Remember, he could yeah. his physical in time. They tried to trade for him. Uh, that's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting. It, you know, it's gonna it, be the, the, the offseason, as they say now, there is no offseason in of football, right? Year-round no. is this always. It's like, the business time, you know? Yeah, yep. It's the yep. business time. And, this, uh, uh, you got uh, it? Go now I was going to say, yeah, we, 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 we run out of time for this segment, but let's come back. Yep. Um, talk about Aaron a little bit. Oh,
1: yeah. So uh, hit you right back on the NFL, a podcast network, Green and Go G Lounge. I know Gilbert comes up with a hundred different names and titles, but that is what we're called here. We'll see, <laughs> See you in a few minutes. Welcome back to the Green and Go G Lounge. I'm your host this week, Amon Green, along with my good friend, teammate Dorsey Levin. So, Dorsey, we're going to talk about our, a guy that I played with. Um, but if you had played with him or any quarterback that had done a darkness retreat, I say, what would be your feedback? <laughs> when you get into that first mini camp, that's the question. What would be your feedback once mini camp hit and be like talking to your quarterback? We'll be coming out your mouth. That's all I want to know. <laughs>
0: I, I i don't i don't know what i would say to him i i, no. I ask him how it was you know what yep. did, did you come to any conclusions i heard he only stayed two nights
1: yep two instead of the, he was supposed to stay four four right and he only did half that i think so i you know just I, i'm not get... sure i
0: could stay in a dark room uh for four days either I, I think that might drive me a little bit crazy right i mean
1: that's solitary confinement yes pretty yes. much and voluntary mean, Voluntary, Voluntary yeah. solitary confinement, you know, putting your getting your food served to you through a little, you know, little, little hole in the door. Um, I mean, well, I, as a kid, I stayed in trouble. So I was kind of used to this. <laughs> I was always <laughs> in my bedroom. <laughs> uh, that's why that's why I am who I am today. My mom and dad didn't mess around. So if I wasn't uh washing the dishes or not getting in trouble at school, my main problem was I was getting in trouble at school because um, the kids I, I wasn't obviously built like I was like I am now so I had all the kids in the school some of the bigger kids picking on me but they found out I was tough you know I didn't back down but you know the rule if you're both fighting both of y'all gotta get in trouble so I spent a lot of my own you know between the ages of like 10 and 12 uh so I, <laughs> so
0: I think I, I could have been kid. right yeah I was
1: a badass kid you know <laughs> but I had a good reason people were picking on me, you know, it ain't, it ain't the best reason, but still, you no, know. I feel you. I feel you. you Remember know. I had,
0: a, um, there's a kid in elementary school. So in Syracuse from my elementary school was my mother's job was right across the street. Ooh. And it was, it was in this, uh, these tall buildings called the money building in Syracuse and her, her, her desk faced the playground. Oh, so she could see everything, man. I used to get in trouble. I'm like, what, 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 what? She's like, I saw what you did to that little boy on the <laughs> slide. I saw what you did. You better stop doing that. I'm t- I was like, damn. Yeah. Well, here's what I figured out. Right. So the playground was like an L shape and the lower side of the L was, she could see, but the other half was behind the school. Nice. So I just I, I, just kept recess on that side. So she couldn't she couldn't see my dirt.
1: Yeah, my mom, that couldn't have that happen with my mom. And she had full 100% vision of me during, oh man, I've been, yeah, I've been in more trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I would for me with with Aaron, I would probably with the same thing. I was like, hey, bro, you know, how how was it? how was it? You know, what conclusion did you come to? You know, I mean, if I'm talking to him, that means he most likely came to a conclusion to be in the building in uh 1265. Um this is I say for every you know, for every player, how their offseason starts or you know goals, that's their own business. You know, I've said this in a lot of interviews about Aaron going to his dark darkness retreat or Aaron taking his time. To make his decision i say that's as we know that's our time once the season's over we bounce back wherever we go if it's you know for yourself with georgia myself was with, between staying in green bay and going back to nebraska and working out we have our own process and so for all of us was more you know if it, if it was a time for me when i had to contemplate my career it was you know where i would go i would either be here in green bay or go home and talk you know if if anything they talk to my older brothers talk about it but it was very few um, I you know, for us it was just like we got to make a quick decision and say I'm not I'm still ready to go. So then I just get back into my normal off-season condition. And so what about yourself?
0: Yeah, during the off-season, man, I made it my business to take 6 weeks off. Mm. Of of just doing nothing, just chilling, just trying to give my body a break. You know, cuz we take a pounding, man. I know, you know, we both dealt with our injuries and and I'm, for all the all the running backs out there who are dealing with injuries. One thing you got to understand about football, is that when, as a running back, when you get the ball, I remember, I think it was either Adam Timmerman or Frankie Winters picked up a fumble and started running. And they came back to the huddle and they was like, the eyes, their eyes was wide. He was like, Dorsey, how, how, how do you do that? I said, do what? He's like, everybody's coming to get you. I was like, no shit. Exactly. Welcome to our world. You had 11 guys coming to get you every single time you touch the ball. You're gonna get hurt eventually.
1: Exactly, exactly. Steve, <clears throat> Warren, Steve Warren hit me up with that too. And so it was like uh, he had just uh, got released from here. So he was he had played arena ball. He went down to an arena level. I think he was with uh, the San Jose Sabercats or something. And he called me up. It was the middle. Of, it was like April or May. And I'm like, what's up, who? You know, what's up, Steve? He said, hey, man, I got a newfound respect for you. He said, I, "Now I know why you did crunches every day." Mm-hmm. I'm like, wh- "I'm thinking, like, what happened? Like, what did you do?" I'm like, "I know he's playing, so I'm like, something happened." I said, "What happened?" Oh man, they put me at fullback, and they gave me the ball like twenty. 20- I had twenty carries the other day. I said, "What?" <laughs> he said, "My core, I can't even move right now, man." He said, "Between people trying to hit me, and now I know why you did all the crunches every day in the weight room." He said, "I." I give all the, he said, never. He said, I never doubt a running back's training and the mindset of a running back again. I said, yeah, bro, it's a whole yeah. different. And,
0: and, and keep in mind, them guys on the other side of the ball are the best football players in the world that you're playing against. Exactly. Ain't, ain't nobody over there slow. Ain't nobody over there sorry. You know what I'm saying? And ain't I remember my first my first mini camp with the Packers. When I got back to the crib, I was talking to my best friend. He was like, what do you think? I was like, first of all, I don't know if I'm gonna make the team. I'm gonna put that out there right now. Second <laughs> right. of all, everybody's nice. Like everybody's nice. It's not like college where, you know, maybe somebody's parents donated some money to a fund and they get a they get a walk on spot on the roster. Right. Third, everybody was good. I was like, yo, I was like, I ain't never seen no shit like this before. Like yeah. everybody's good. But yeah. that's that's the NFL. Um, yep. So back to Aaron. Rodgers, what do you think he's going to do? So I keep hearing stuff about the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, who else are we talking about in a trade? Jets. The Raiders? Also,
1: Jets, Raiders, and maybe and, and probably San Francisco because he's not far. And you know, obviously, he's a Cali kid.
0: Yeah, um, I don't think I, I don't think he goes to the Raiders because that's why Devontae couldn't stay because you can't have both of them on the same team making that kind of money because there's true. no money left for anybody else. True. So, what do you think is going to happen with him? Um, I believe where it's
1: Going to go down to somewhere where he's familiar with. I mean, obviously he's familiar here. He's been with this coaching staff for a while, but then also with uh, Nathaniel Hackett going to the Jets, right. he's familiar with him, mm-hmm. and that's been a prev. That's been a, a, a conversation, a focus around you know all media because during his years when Nathaniel was on the coaching staff, that's when he you know he started that MVP um, run in a row. You know, two or three or three in a row ha- under Lafleur being the head coach. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett being the um, quarterback's coach slash offensive coordinator there and so whatever Nathaniel can uh, meet him on a uh, talk, a personal level he gets it he get they get each other and so that'll be a conducive um, relationship there so I could see those two places I mean I, I mean it's almost I say wishful thinking you know go back to Cali or even to Vegas being close to Cali because that's where he's from but I agree with you with Devontae I mean it was kind of a, I think that kind of it was kind of a little rumor that this was their divine plan to somehow work it out where De- David Carr is gone and where he could come to El- Vegas uh, I don't I don't. They, they, he's smart but I don't think he's that smart <laughs> yeah and that's I, mean, so I don't was,
0: know what, what David Carr did either you know yeah
1: because <laughs> I don't think nobody expected that I don't think David Carr and the Raiders expected that to go this past season to go down the way it went down you know so uh, I feel it'd be either it's going to be either Jets or you just stay hit right here in Green Bay, and I think for the for the team itself, obviously they want it that way too.
0: So, like Brett Favre, are we going to do this every off season until he retires. It's is always going to be Aaron Watch during during the off is, is, is this what? This, I mean, is that what we are doing now? I think that's it, what it looks it, like.
1: It's doing that because it's like the part of the narrative is being led by the Packers organization because they are very, I say, there's they're a way about they're different about. Any other position, as we know, any other position in that organization coming out, running backs, anybody else other than a the quarterback, they're going to just say, you know, it, it'll move on real fast. So with, with the quarterback, because it's been Brett and it was, and it's been Aaron, two of the top, and I say top, they're in probably the top, they're definitely in the top 20 of quarterbacks in NFL history. So having that on there, that makes it a lot of the ball in Green Bay Packers court in in Gutekas court, because then, they it's more it's more for them like a uh not a popularity thing, but they know if they make the decision to cut him or release him, then the, you know they know the fan base is gonna go hard on them. I mean and that's how we know how this fan base is. So it's they I think it's more in their balls in their court there. So
0: you know what? It's it's crazy how and I think a lot of us, especially Packer fans, take it for granted that the Packers have hit the jackpot at quarterback two guys in a row.
1: Right, which is very 15 rare. Fifteen
0: year, you know, fifteen plus year careers. First ballot Hall of Famers, both of them. Pro uh, uh, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that doesn't happen around the league too often. It doesn't usually. Very you, rare. Very a, rare. A lot of teams only. Very rarely do they get one guy who's going to be that that first team Hall of Fame at quarterback and can lead you on a string of uh, playoff runs and Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. And that, that doesn't happen a whole lot. We did it oh. twice back to back. That's big. Huh.
1: No, that's huge and who that's very huge. So yeah, on that note, so we'll take it to a break. We'll come back and break down some other quarterbacks around the NFL like Lamar Jackson, uh, and their whole their whole situation over in Baltimore. So we'll take a break here on Green and Go G Lounge. See you in a few minutes. Welcome back to the Green and Go G Lounge. I'm your host this week, Amon Green, along with my good friend and teammate Dorsey Levens. Hey, Doris. We got another quarterback situation. I mean, you know, it's quarterback, quarterback, quarterback right now. And so I'll start it off with uh, because it it just, it just every team had the proof blueprint of what to do with their quarterback when there was so many questions around it. You know, if it's you know, just put it out there. Is it because he's a black quarterback or he's a running quarterback or not quite trustworthy of the coach and the team? Um, but now we've got the same situation that the Dallas Cowboys had with Dak Prescott years ago where they questioned him the whole season. He breaks his angle and then they give him a contract. It's like, why do we even have to get to that point? So now we're looking at the Baltimore Ravens dealing with the same thing. Lamar Jackson finishes the season with a PCL uh, uh, injury where he – He's going to get I'm not sure if he's going to get surgery or not, but he's negotiating on top of that. He's negotiating his own contract without an agent. He actually did his rookie contract the same. I think it was him and his mom. So for me, it's like just sign the guy. He's physically, mentally done everything that a player needs to do at the quarterback position to deserve a contract that that rewarding that rewards him of his actions. So do that. And I would thought that organization was smart enough because they've been down that road with other players. Super Bowl is a Super Bowl organization. They understand how to treat the players and win and make sure have a winning program, which they've done for a long time under hardball. So I just thought they were going to put a ball on this back in the start of the season. But now we're sitting here where we where people like ourselves are breaking it down and trying to figure out what's going on. And for me, it's like just sign the guy. Give him his money. And let this, let this organization go into offseason um, ready to, for the draft and free agency. So what about yourself, D'Orish?
0: Yeah, I agree, man. Um, and, and it's hard, I guess, right out the gate not to think that this is happening because he's a black quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, because we see time and time again, guys.
1: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, from other teams, they get a contract extension before their their original deal is up. Correct. Right. Make sure those guys are locked in long term. Um, so there's always going to be that, that aspect of it. Uh, but also, one of the big things, and, and, and let me touch on this, too, about him representing himself and having his mom represent him. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great idea because if you look at the NFL, especially like for rookies and the draft, there's a certain amount of money for each draft spot. Wherever you get picked, yeah. you look at who got picked at that point from last year, how much money they got paid, all the guys around him, and it should go up 5%, you know, 10% or, or whatever that number is. So technically, you really don't need an agent. No, you know what I mean. A lot of people don't know that. Really. They don't. They don't know that. And, and, you, and you'll save a shit ton of money. And his mom being his agent, you keep all that money in the house. I don't right. know what's what's. I know I went to Georgia Tech, but I, I don't know what five percent of two hundred thirty million is. But it's a lot of fucking money. <laughs> yeah. Right. So if yeah. you can keep that in your family, as opposed to giving it to an agent, and listen, and I know people are saying. He wants the same deal the Deshaun Watson got. Hell yeah, I want the same deal. I want all of the guaranteed. I'm a former NFL MVP at quarterback. I can run better than damn near half the running backs, if not more, in the NFL. Exactly. They're trying to say that the agents are saying, or, or, or the league or the Ravens are saying that the Deshaun Watson deal was an outlier, so that don't count. You kiss my ass that don't count. He set the market. Ain't no outlier. This uh, No, no, uh-uh. Yeah. He set the mark. Mm-hmm. This is where it is. Pay the man his money. If Baltimore don't pay him, somebody. If, if, if they put the non-exclusive tag on him where somebody going to give up two first-round picks, he's out of there. there go, he's there. gone. There's nobody in this league, especially with quarterback being at a premium. Everybody needs a great quarterback. And now that the traditional drop-back quarterback – that can't move, throw, sh- throw them in <laughs> Jurassic Park with the dinosaurs. Exactly. They, they extinct. They, <clears throat> and if you can't move at quarterback, you're not going to be successful at all. Everybody who's playing, everybody in the playoffs this year, with the exception of maybe San Francisco, and, no. and if their original quarterback had been healthy, he's also a running quarterback.
1: Yeah, Trey Lance.
0: Trey Lance, right? You can't, he, he's the future. Lamar Jackson is the future of the NFL. This is where the quarterback position is going.
1: Exactly. And it's been going in this direction for a long time. I definitely agree with your point there about Deshaun Watson contract there. And that amount for someone that is not playing got that. So now you're paying somebody that has been playing and producing over the last three seasons. And every season he's put his team in a situation in the playoffs and winning division or right there and in the thick of things. So for every and then from the stats, you know, I could go down the stats, but people know where his you know, where he at, where he's at, you know, in terms of passing and running the ball. He is where I say he's the future. He's not the future. But if you put. A before and after a before being Justin Fields with Chicago and then after Lamar Jackson, <laughs> that's what you're looking at.
0: That's what you're looking at.
1: Because your, you're looking at right now, Justin Fields is where Lamar Jackson was his rookie year. You know, that offense was getting molded. It had the, the offensive coordinators, the team, the Ravens had to come in and realize, OK, we got to mold this around this kid because he's going to be our future. And that's why now you have a Lamar Jackson that can demand that the, the Sean Watson or any amount of quarterback, because another point I agree with you, the dropback quarterback that just stands in the pocket and looks tall and just oh, finds tries to find open receivers. That person is gone. You got to be oh. able to guy. You got to be able to be a guy that buys time for your for himself with his legs. We see Pat Mahomes do it all the time. We see Lamar do it all the time. Where they start to run, but don't break. They don't break the line of scrimmage. They're just running to get out. They feel the tackle. They could feel the heat, and so they go left. They go right to make sure they then find the open receivers. And that scramble drill, we started practicing that. You know, during our you know, we were practicing that here in Green Bay for years because we mm-hmm. understood that our quarterback he had a little. He wasn't obviously near a Lamar Jackson. Um, and near uh, Justin Fields, but we knew he could buy time with his legs, and then worst case scenario, Brett was going to break the line of scrimmage, but we know he was scrambling just to get somebody else open downfield, and that's where any dropback quarterback that cannot do that It's a problem, you know. Tom Brady, you know, he was one. He's one of those guys on that list that we knew if you put pressure on him, you rushed him. He wasn't going to go nowhere. He's going to be sitting there waiting for you if you could get around that edge as a defensive end and blitzing. uh, I say as a defensive coordinator, blitzing defense, you know, at him. So, yeah, and
0: and, uh, and that was never more obvious than this year with Tom Brady. I know he's old, a little longer in the tooth. Yeah, but he had to get rid of the ball in under two seconds because he couldn't get out of the way. At the end of the day, that was his age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, Uh Matt Ryan up in Indy. Yep. You know, great, great 10, 15 years ago, but the league has shifted to a different type of, you know, you got defensive linemen running four fives.
1: Four fives, four. I mean, I'm watching high school kids now that eventually I mean they're running four threes that are linebackers. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Oh and my god. Six, six five, two twenty-five linebackers in high school right now. So just put the time on that. By the time they get their grown man strength, <laughs> right? They're right. gonna be two forty five and running a four four. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is scary. I'm glad I'm – I'm saying I, I, if I was playing, I wouldn't be scared of it. But I'm like, these quarterbacks, they better be like, okay, man, we, never, we need to figure out something here. All right. So
0: hopefully Lamar Jackson gets his money. And then when he gets his money, I don't want to hear shit from the Philadelphia Eagles about Jalen Hurts when it's time. Exactly. Because just like Deshaun Watson sets the market, Lamar's contract is going to be the next market setter. And it just, it just keeps going up and up. And up, you know what I'm saying? So hopefully you can get this deal done, man. It's it's, it's really in Baltimore. It's in Baltimore's court. Pay the it man. Is. Come on, man. Pay, pay the, the man. man.
1: Yeah, my last line on it is pay the brother. You know, pay the brother. That's it. Nothing else. Pay the brother. So we'll move on to another brother from another mother and now on another team. And it's not he didn't take the head coach job, as everybody knows he should have. We'll be talking about our, our boy Eric the that has been the offensive coordinator under Andy Reid. And... I'm pretty sure there was a uh, a good split because everybody's saying, you know, I'm taking nothing away from Andy Reid and his play calling. But I'm pretty sure some of them play call calls in any of the Super Bowls, any of the AFC champion games over the last six years. Some of that play calling has some influence of Eric B. Enemy, too, you know, in the design, in the scheme, in the personnel packages. So Eric B. Enemy is now the offensive coordinator for Washington Commanders, as we know, a team that needs a lot of help, not just on the football field. But but off, but I'll hand it off to you, start let you start this off your So what do you think of this situation for him walking into that um, organization?
0: I think it's great for him, man. You know, I saw his interview on ESPN and he talked about staying outside of your comfort zone. That's where progress happens. That's where change happens when you stay when you constantly stay outside your comfort zone. I, I wrote on I wrote down a quote yesterday from my remind program that Eric Bienemy said. He said, uh, comfort is the enemy of progress. Yes. Right. Beautiful. You got yeah. to be uncomfortable to move forward. That's just that's it. And I, I when he said that, I look back at, in my life and how many times, how many situations you as well as a football player. Things didn't go how you thought we going to th- th- you thought they were going to go. And you mm-hmm. were always just on edge, just didn't know what was going to happen. That's like in the NFL. Your ass can be cut yeah. tomorrow. And that's just the way it is, unless you're one of the top tier players, you know, or you can have an injury that could end your career tomorrow. Right. 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 yeah you just don't know
1: you did on i mean and that's how that's i say all the best players which we were the best players at our business at our position i thought the same way i knew if i wasn't moving and when i meant my mood what i mean by moving if i wasn't in the weight room if i wasn't on the track i wasn't watching film somewhere getting better then i'm thinking about guys that was my age like ricky williams adrian peterson once he got in the league he was i was a little older when he got in the league, but ricky was on my level fred taylor was my age um and watching those guys and you know at that time the only thing i regret is i wish i would have came down hung out with you down at uh, atlanta a little bit more just for that off season you know if it was just two weeks yeah, you know come come yeah I'll, you know uh, come hang out with you and train for two weeks or a week or whatever get that camaraderie going but then also better myself you know just sometimes i was just you know I stuff life was going on so i didn't get a chance to you know go down that road but those are the things that as better as as a person thinks of being better those are things you should be doing to make sure you stay on top of your game and have him saying that comment it was no surprise because he's a guy what i saw as a coach or as a player watching him when i was a kid and then as a recruiting coordinator i remember he came into my high school recruiting me one one year uh, you know it was why i was like what i was like what's up man and then seeing him progress through the different levels at the college level then once he got to the nfl I just knew it was going to be nothing but good because I knew he was always, you know, working on bettering bur- himself. And that was kind of an influence on myself and what I'm doing now after football because it's like you can't stop. You always got to keep moving there. So
0: You know it's crazy, man? I, I became an Eric the Enemy fan. We were in college at the same time. So when I was in Notre Dame for two years, we played in the exact same bowl, the Orange Bowl. Oh, yeah, I watched that against game. I against the exact name. same team, Colorado, yeah. two years in a row. And wow. Eric the Enemy... Was nice. <laughs> yeah. And no question about that.
1: Yeah. Running the ball. He was, because he was that cannon. He was that little, you couldn't really get a hit on him because he was so little. And he yeah. was hockey too. So he was just one of them backs. And then understanding that as a running back, we have a different mindset. Just imagine if, you know, putting us in a situation where we're coordinators, you know, offensive coordinator. We know how offenses think. So we're going to, from a running back standpoint, we'll build the offense out kind of like he's done with Andy Reid from a run game standpoint. And then, having tools like a Pat Mahomes and the three running backs that they have, and then Travis Kelsey, Mako Harderman, or even Tyreek Hill, the sky's a limit on what you could do with offense when you base it off from a run mindset like like he has. And so um to to cut off the to finish off this conversation with Airbnb. I just from what I've seen, I can't wait to see what those I say not this year coming up, but then the next couple of years. So 2024, 2025 of what the commander is going to look like on that football field it's going to be something fun to watch so on that note we'll take it to a break here and come back with our top three here have some fun conversation with some fantastic i say top three nba players that we watched during our childhood teenage years college years all that stuff so we'll be right back here in a few minutes on the green and go g lounge uh sponsored by the NFLA Podcast.com. All right, welcome back to the Green & Go G Lounge. I'm your host this week, Amon Green, along with my good friend and teammate, Dorsey Levins. So now we're going to bring it down here in the fourth quarter, talking about our top three. This is something that Mr. Mister Brown loved. He thought up this year, and since he's not here, we're going to continue. And uh, so, Dorsey, this was your idea. So let's go down. Let's start with you and your top three of on this list and what the list is.
0: The list is the top three NBA players, that I've seen play with my own two eyes in a live basketball game. So that's going to exclude Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, because <laughs> they were great. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, shit. Yep. Wilt, Wilt, Wilt averaged 50 points a game one season. That's crazy. That's crazy. 50 points a game. And it had 100 in one game.
1: Yep, we know that. So we know that's that.
0: a Yeah, I'm not much love to those guys, much love and respect. They did the damn thing. But these are just guys that we saw play live. Yeah. Right? So my number three, back when I was a shawty, as they say here in Georgia, shawty, of course, got to be number six, Dr. Mm. Julius Irving, Ooh. Philadelphia 76ers. Doc changed the game for that generation. Yeah. Right. He changed the game. He I I don't know if he was the first one with sneakers, but he's the first person that I knew of who had a, a sneaker con uh, contract and we and he used to rock the Converse. Right. Right. Yep. A lot of guys did back in the Converse was the was the shoe before right. Nike took over. And Doc was doing the crazy dunks before the crazy dunk started. Mm-hmm. Right. Doc, when I believe he won one of the first slam dunk contests with the jump from the free throw line dunk, the one that Michael Jordan copied later on down, down the road during the NBA slam dunk contest in yeah. 1988 so, or something like that. So I'm going to go with Dr. J. <laughs> That one. He was my childhood basketball. I was a 76er fan, period. Moses Malone and those guys. Uh yeah, the squad. Mo Cheeks, Mo the Cheeks. whole squad. I was a 76er fan back then. Yeah,
1: yep, yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. exactly. Um number two is LeBron James. Okay. League's all time leading scorer. Now, yes, he is. Just man. to just just think you come into the league, you're labeled as the king out of high school. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure, man. That's and, and, and live up to all that pressure. And didn't even surpass It's yeah. outstanding, and he's still balling. He, he's is he thirty eight? Yeah, he's uh no, he's forty now. He's forty. Now. Yep, or forty or thirty eight. I'll look it up. He, he old. He old for a basketball player. That's what we know. But he's still right. playing at a high ass level, right? So LeBron uh, is my number two. That was tough because I, I if for number three it was between Kobe and Dr. J for me.
1: 38. He's 38. He turned 38, 38 okay. in, uh, back in December.
0: Okay, so he's 38, so he's still balling at a high level. Yeah. Uh, like I said, between Kobe and Dr. J, Kobe's nice as hell. I mean, ain't nobody ain't Nobody in this list is a bum. Everybody's great. No, right? exactly. Um, but my number one, yeah. which is probably obvious to everybody, is Michael Jordan. Yeah. He changed the game in a way that I don't think anybody has changed since he did it. He, he brought a different flair, attitude, competitiveness yes and and let's not forget about the sneakers right? yeah
1: we're still talking i mean people my nephew just hit me up this morning hey hey Unc, you got that nike contact i'm trying to get these new jays that's dropping this morning i couldn't get it
0: <laughs> and, and what's crazy is that the jays are more popular now right than they were back when they first came out because yeah. now they got like the classics and different and, and, colors and, yeah and the kids who weren't even born want some jordans exactly
1: and that's what I have arguments with kids about. I'll get into that later. I'll let you finish. <laughs> no, that's
0: it. That's my top three. I got okay. Dr. J, LeBron, Michael Jordan.
1: Got it. Got it. Hey, great list there. Um, I'm, I say I grew up in Los Angeles, so I grew up watching the Lake Show. Ah, first. okay. Okay. So my number three here is Magic Johnson. You know, seeing him, you know, up and down the court and just the way I was like, as a kid, I'm like, Showtime. I'm like, what, what are the announcers talking about? Showtime. And- When I really sat down and watched the whole Laker game because I after before that when I heard the 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 name the nickname Showtime they were the lake show or whatever I just saw the highlights on the local news but then finally around I was was like eight or nine I was like let me just sit I never watched the game let me just sit and watch a game and we sat me and my dad watched it in the living room and I'm like at the end of the game I'm like okay I see what they call the lake show now (laughs) because you know he's (laughs) he's doing no look passes and like yeah and going like that, I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, I can't even dribble the ball, and he doing that. <laughs> oh, gotcha, you know. And then winning the championships, they did, and he, you know, Magic, um, Magic Johnson doing his rookie year to yeah. win that at the NBA level in 19 was that 1981 or whatever. I mean, we at that time that was like nobody could predict that. Nobody would expect a rookie to come in to an organization like the Lakers, even though they had a, a lot of success already, but to come in out of college. To do that his rookie year was fantastic and like i said taught me a lot about the sport and doesn't matter you know where you're at in terms of your your experience as long as you have that competitiveness that all these players have that it, it makes it it makes it a lot easier to uh, become one of those dominant players and at your level of pro, of pro sports and then number two for me is the mamba kobe bryant he was a guy that you know he, I say, I tell these kids all the time because we always have these LeBron, Michael Jordan arguments. But a guy that gets lost in that argument is Kobe because he had that same competitiveness and that, as I, I call it, smell blood in the water mentality. Mentality, and that's why it's called the Mamba mentality, because when he knew he had you, he was gonna he gonna kill you, you know. And literally, from a basketball point of view, he was gonna just he gonna shoot your eyeballs out or he's gonna d you up. Or he's going to take you to the cup because you can't stop him, and if you or you can't stop his teammate, he's going to keep throwing it in to Shaq. He to have Shaq on that team for four or five years, whatever. They you know that time was spit together for them too, and with three championships, was just like that. Just made his job a lot easier. Like he was going to dominate what he did, but then having somebody like Shaq and then Robert Ori, other guys that that were the role players during those teams, and a lot of people forget about those role players too are are huge for these players because you think Michael uh, Magic Johnson had Michael Cooper had Bill Rambis had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> you know right. as a role player <laughs> you're like hey <laughs> I got Kareem as a role player oh okay cool no problem you know even with you know with my next pick which is the same pick as yours Michael Jordan you know his role player Scottie Pippen you know uh I'm trying to think BJ Armstrong Steve other Carter. little guy you know who, who's that Steve Kerr, yeah, Steve Kerr, and that's like I, that's my role player. Oh, okay, you know, cool a coach. coach, yeah, no problem, coach. So, so yeah, that's uh, so that I think that's what make these players really good because they understood not only their, are you know am I great, you know Michael Jordan, am I great, Kobe Bryant, I'm great, Magic Johnson, you know all these players, but also I got to make the guys around me better. And I think that's the one thing I like about Michael because not only did he have that competitiveness, that blood in the water, and he's going to just crush you. And going through the process of getting better, getting beat up by the Detroit Pistons. Remember, he went through those yep. where the playoffs where they were literally physically beating him down. He was beating and his he, ass, and they, you know, he said, <laughs> "You know
0: what, bad boys."
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go to the weight room because I need some. I need to get in the weight room because <laughs> this ain't fun. He's like, "This ain't fun." Getting my ass well playing basketball, literally. And so he went to the weight room, got with Tim Grover, beefed up, and then 19, I remember watching the whole series as a kid. Um, we had just moved back from california whereas him and the lakers you know and but they went to the whole thing was get through detroit first they had to get through detroit and and everybody knew even knew even though i was a young fan i was 13 years old at that time i knew even though lakers was kind of my team but i'm like it's over for the lakers i said they finally got through detroit you know i'm 13 years old i know this i'm like this over i said this is just it's just going to be You know, they got to play these games, but they're going to, they're going to, the Bulls are going to win. If I, you know, obviously, if I was of age, I would have put some money down because I like Michael Jordan. He's been getting his ass kicked literally for the last three seasons. And the doubters saying, oh, he's just a one way shooter. He just scores a lot of points. He doesn't play defense. Then he gets defensive player of the year, then he, several times. And so that's what another thing I like about him because he just, when somebody doubted him, he's like, you know what? Okay. Go ahead. I can't play defense. Okay, no problem. Let me go get this award. Oh, I'm not the most valuable player in the league. Okay, let me go get that. And the finals MVP, let me go get that. You know, oh, I'm not the best player in the world when I'm on the Olympic team. No problem. Watch this when I go to the Olympics, what I'm going to do. So everywhere, like people try to one-up him. It's like, you don't one-up Michael Jordan. I'm like, if you if you threaten him in any way, he's going to create a problem for you. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. he could fight, if he was a boxer, I wouldn't want to get in the ring with him. I'm like, nah. He, he would have brought out mma fighting before it was mma <laughs> he was like i'm gonna whip your ass right. but any way i could find i'm gonna whip your ass so that's that's my uh, top 3 uh nba players that i see play cuz i saw him play at the uh i saw michael jordan play at the i think it was one of the all star no it was a uh, when he wrapped up his when his last final season was obviously wasn't his best statistical year but when yeah. he was a wizard he came to play the bucks um in like 01 or 02 when he came back uh, again when he's like, I'm not done. I got a few more years, but I, I was able to watch him. That was pretty cool. Even though it, I wore my wizard jersey and everything, I was like, I'm, I don't, I don't care. I got to see this. I got to see this guy play in person. It was, it was pretty, it was pre- pretty special time. So, sure, all right. Man. Well, yeah, we out of time, bro. Yeah, we out of time, man. Great show, Dorsey. It was good, good talk, and I like that last one there. um That one, like I said, I grew up. And I finally, when I was like coming of age, of understanding professional sports, and seeing him. When, well, like I said. If I could put money down, I would be like, Yeah, I'm putting, give me about $100 on the Bulls. I don't know when they're going to win it, but I just know they're going to win it. You know, I know <laughs> it's going to be five games, four games, all seven, but they're winning it in 1991, and that's what they did. But, but Dorsey, yeah, great, great talk today. And we'll probably get Gilbert back next week because I told him he had a little, I told you he got a little, he had this look on his face. He said, We got the show tomorrow. I was like, Yeah, we got it. It's on the calendar.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right then and there, he told you, but he didn't tell you he wasn't going to be here. Exactly. I can just tell. I'm like, hey, <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. I probably won't see him tomorrow, but it's, yeah. but
1: it's all good. You know, we'll we'll catch him next week and I'll also catch you next week. Too, man, have a great uh, rest of your weekend. All right, man. You too, bro. Peace. Yeah.